Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! What is up, everybody? Wake up! Wake up! You're falling asleep at the wheel! Get back into your life. What's going on? You've got a few minutes left in your life. In this, in the few moments remaining in your life before you uh, spring off this mortal coil, why don't you create a business? Why don't you build something that enables you to have some personal freedom, some per- some personal stability when done right, some personal creative expression, if you choose to do so, some sort of impact, some sort of resonance with uh, with your community, with the people around you, with the people on the internet, because the people around you now are not just around you in physical space there are people who are interested in that topic in that in that sort of whatever it is that you're you mean you know you don't you can do a thing about golfing and you don't have to be just talking to the golfers near you right you're talking to every golfer everywhere right now because internet okay so the internet enables an, an amazing amount of making business stuff but that doesn't mean you have to make some freaking ebook that doesn't mean you have to you know have a massive email funnel though we would re- probably encourage you that uh, email is one of those things that a lot of current modern businesses are leaving money on the table with we have a course on that inside of fizzle but you don't have to do a business any particular way just because it's you know you're using the power of the internet you can do any kind of business and uh, what we want to talk about today is we're at a very special stage in the roadmap. If you've been following along, we've been going through the entire roadmap for the last several episodes. What has it been, Aiden? Like eight episodes at this point? At Something? least 1,000 episodes of the <laughs> oh 300 that we have. <laughs> 1,000 out of the 300 that we've done has been about this roadmap. Really, it's been only like the eight or nine uh, most recent ones. But we, we have been uh, going through the entire playlist. Uh, the roadmap is like a playlist of courses that are given to you at a specific order, right? In a specific order. Before you can figure out what to call your business, you have to know what the business is for. Right before you can figure out what product to make, you have to know, uh, you know, who it is you're going to be making it for. Right? There's all these steps and stages in, in uh, what do we call that in project management? It's a pre. It's not a precondition. It's dependencies. It's a yeah. dependency, right? You have dependencies. Mm-hmm. So we broke that down, and we have a thing inside of Fizzle, which, in case you don't know, is like you know an affordable monthly membership that gives you community, weekly coaching calls, courses to help you at every stage of your business, right? So inside of there, we've got this roadmap, which is a playlist of these courses in a specific order so that you can just stop the whinging, stop the like scratching out things in your journal and starting all over again. Because a lot of the time, the reason why we haven't made more progress is because we've been fiddling, doing things that aren't actually important. Why? Because we just didn't know they weren't actually important. We thought they might be. That's why, in fact, we were we were feeling pretty good about like getting out there and like, well, I'm 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 writing into my journal notebook, and now my business is developing, you know. And and then (laughs) fast forward several months, and it's still like not a money, not not a not a not two pennies to rub together from that project, not an audience that's growing and thriving. It's not even out there, right? So we believe firmly in this sense that you will learn by doing. That you should learn just what you need to learn right now. It's called just in time learning. It doesn't matter if your name's not Justin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, oh my that God. matters. Oh, wow. That's a dad joke for you. Sorry about that. And it does matter because Justins are people too. I'm glad you brought this up, Aiden. 
A lot of Justins. It matters. Are, they, it matters. But just in time learning is that thing that you do when you're just learning the thing that you need to take the next step. All right. So that's the whole dream behind the Fizzle Roadmap. Now, over the last little while, we've been breaking down all the stages and giving you some more contextual information about them before you even get started. Or if you're already in them, these are like helpful conversations, um, that, like appendix or something to help. Wait, wait, isn't it? Appendix? Is that a thing we have it's in our footnote. body or is that at the end of a book? Well, it's at the end of your body. It's, well, <laughs> it's both, yes. And also in books. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm here on the show today with Aiden Fishbein. Aiden, say hello. Avidasen. Avidasen. Which means goodbye. Oh. But also hello. Oh. In Hawaiian. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> and, uh, and, and let me just set you up really quick for what we're talking about today, because what we're talking about is the growth stage. All right. So at this point, you've got a product out there. You are achieving what we call your MVI, minimum viable income. Another way to think about that is ramen profitability. Now, I'm not talking about these fancy ramen shops that are around today. You know, you can't, I'm not talking about like you can afford to eat at Mumufuku every, every evening. I'm ramen profitable. I mean, like, you know, this is like, you're just scraping by, but you've got it. You're not constantly going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the hole, right? You're not eating the, the brand of peanut butter you'd like to, but you have some peanut butter in the cabinet, right? Um, that is ramen profitable or minimum viable income, okay? So where we are right now is we've got a product out. We've got minimum viable income that we're, that we're reaching or achieving, and we need to understand, uh, to grok, as it were, what... The process, the strategy, the systems, the ideas, the things that we can do to grow this thing, to make it go beyond minimum viable income, to make it go to a thriving, profitable. Now we can hire some people to, to uh, run certain parts of it if we want to, or not at all. We can, we can say no to some of the work coming in and focus just on the work that we want to do. This is all in the growth sort of stage of things. We call it the growth stage, okay? Now, before we break this concept down, I just got to ask my partner Aiden over here. Uh, I can tell people are like, dude, can you get into the content already? But I, I haven't talked to you in forever because you're, <laughs> you're in Europe. You've been traveling around. You've been doing like the, the digital nomad entrepreneurship thing. You've been in three weeks. You've been out in Europe. I want to know a couple mm. things. Tell me what, number one, where have you been? And number two, if you've done work while you've been out there. I mean, right now you're in Norway doing a fizzle show episode because, you know, internet. Um, but like, tell me, give me a sense of what it's been like doing some work on the road if you've been doing that or if you've been total like on the go yeah i mean this is it's kind of funny this will this will come up in this episode this consideration of why why are you growing what might happen if you grow what kinds of things become impossible um but we'll get to that later uh, yeah just it, so so like chase said number one in in the last three weeks i've been to over 10 cities uh, in Switzerland, um, Italy, Croatia, and now Norway. Mm. Um, part of that has been completely unplugged on purpose. Uh, part of that has been uh, totally consciously engaged in both my agency and, and with Fizzle. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, the consciously unplugged part is one of the things that I'm sure some of you digital nomads know is that as soon as you liberate yourself from the desk, you realize that you've also liberated your obligations from that same desk. 
So they can now follow you around the globe. Um, so um, be careful. And there's, you know, new boundaries that you can learn how to set. And I've, you know, been experimenting with those. But um, yeah, in Europe, I have been both totally vacationing as well as totally plugged in. Mm. It's 8 p.m. right now, and I'm about halfway through my work day. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. Okay, got it. So, uh, so this is the kind of thing that you can make room for in your life when you have a business that is, that is just on its path, right? When we talk about growth, I feel like one of the things that comes up is, is immediately um, there's some ideas around where we, how big we feel like our business should be. Does right. that come up for you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the first, this is actually kind of right before I joined the Fizzle team, you guys did that episode, um, the to scale or not to scale episode when I was, you know, just going through another kind of cycle of banging against the glass ceiling, because I thought I needed to be perpetually growing. Um, and I thought I needed to be a certain size and, and you know, comes to find out that no, there's no such thing as needs. There's no right size. Mm. Um, it's very, very subjective. But um, but yeah, no, I totally deal with that all all the time. What do you mean? Still, there's no such in. thing as me as needs. What what do you mean by that? Well, I think I think the general idea of a business is to consume and to grow. Um, and I think there is, in some circumstances, logic in that if we're not growing, we're shrinking. Um, you know, this capitalist economy that we live in does suggest that if we're not actively competing, we're we're being devoured. Mm -hmm. But what I've found is that there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat. There's a lot of different businesses to build. There's a lot of different ways to reinforce your business and to make it more durability, durable that doesn't actually involve collecting more market share or socking away more money. There's ways to, uh, to stay the same size if you've achieved a lifestyle, right? Mm. Um, but there's also ways to grow in ways that, uh, that kind of are parallel with your mission, your definition of success, things like that. Chase, I know you're going you're gonna to sink your teeth pretty heavily into the philosophies and the considerations of why and when to grow. Well, this is what we're but, in right uh, now. Yeah. We're, we're soundly in the why yeah. and when to grow, <laughs> right? This idea of, I mean, you're, you're hitting on it a bunch. Because immediately when I think of, okay, listener, think about this. All right, you've got this business. It's ready to, like, now you're, in, you're, you're taking off the, like, product fixer hat. You're yeah, taking right. off yep. the, like, um, you're taking off the, the customer hat. The what one? The bookkeeper hat. The bookkeeper hat. You're taking off. Well, leave the bookkeeper hat close by because we want to know what's actually going to grow the thing, right? Fair but enough. you're taking off customer support. You're taking off all of these hats that you've been wearing. And the one hat that you're putting on now is like, um, I don't know how to call this hat. Like, what's a good metaphor for this hat? And part of me goes like, you know, you remember, you remember uh, that, that movie Annie? You know, the yeah, sun will yeah, come yeah. out tomorrow, tomorrow. Mm. Well, I look at that and I think this daddy Warbucks is like one of the heroes of the story, right? This guy's awesome. He's, He's got a bunch one. of money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he did to make all this money. I don't know. I'm not sure what his industry is, right? But I think it was he, war. Oh, then never mind. <laughs> I, I was hoping it was railroads or is something. War bucks. <laughs> okay. Did you right. miss that? <laughs> but it's like it's like he's this archetype, like a Scrooge McDuck, right? 
Um, this is the kind of thing where, uh, you know, we've got that archetype in our head of the rich old white dude, probably in your head. Like, just like God is like a white bearded man for a lot of people. It's like, Hey, hold on. We should, we should, uh, deprogram that. But, uh, there, there, there is this archetype that we all know of the rich old dude, um, and and especially what we see characterized in movies is like you know kind of like Scrooge McDuck is um, or or that one guy who is in that uh, the Christmas Carol movie right the He's original written, Scrooge the original Ebenezer. Ebenezer Scrooge right Ebenezer Scrooge this is archetypical this is like an old rich person who's sure. like doesn't have very many friends they've like they've 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 uh, hoarded their wealth right yep. you know Miserly. this is this kind of thing this is okay so you there this is a potential future for you all right as an entrepreneur as a business person some of you are cringing i'll never do that well just wait till you know some new competitor shows up in your marketplace and turns on some aggressive thing in you and you you actually choose to win instead of just roll over and lie down and then that winning becomes a kind of an obligation i like this guy eric weinstein he calls companies he says companies have an ego an ego an embedded growth obligation Right. Mm. <laughs> I really like right, that. Right, right, right. I really uh-huh. like that. It's what it. you're talking about. If we're not growing, we're shrinking. This is this is one way that I'm talking like I'm right now. Right now, I've kind of got my my briefcase in my hand. Right. I'm talking about business people. I'm talking about real real business, you know, capital R, capital B, but with a little trademark at the end. It's like the business that's been going on <laughs> yeah. in business for a long time. Um, the And one of the preeminent sort of mentalities or mindsets there is if you're not growing you're shrinking right if and you're it's not, not wrong either yeah, but it, no, it's also not black and white and, and and we're really we're we're talking about farm league businesses right i think i think like like farm league independent business is really interesting because all the farm mm. league guess guess where all the pro players come from by the way, like the AAA, you know, you go through the AAAs at least a little bit. I mean, I'm sure a lot, oh, yeah. a lot come through just from high school or something. But that's like a survivorship bias thing, though. You see all these crazy rookies coming out of high school. Yeah. And you forget that the majority of the professional people did stair step their way there. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you're doing right now, listening to the Fizzle Show. Because if you're listening to the Fizzle Show, you're you're more independent. You're, you're not necessarily looking for venture-backed funding. You're not necessarily looking for a board of directors or something like that. You are basically in dialogue with uh with learning how to think successfully like how do we actually think like successful people think the the like one one idea in in the world is if you can think like successful people think you'll just start becoming successful because success isn't like uh necessarily this thing you have to learn how to do like there's there's a there's a specific formula to it that as much as it is like you have to find your own success and your own way of getting that and honestly doing something in you know in in the niche of ballerinas is just is just different than doing things in the niche of you know cannabis smokers or different than doing things in the in the realm of uh of i don't know uh, uh, like like accountants or something like that, right? Like all of these are different. They have different market sizes. They have different needs. They have, you'll find a ton of similarities, though. This is what oh, I yeah. love is just finding what are the similarities. What are the things that a lot of us entrepreneurs are going to go through, no matter what our niche, no matter what our topic of our business, no matter how big or small, because you don't have to have a big business to be profitable. Don't ever forget that, right? So when we're talking about growth, 
One of the things I love the most is entering into this question around, okay, so for you, what would success look like? Right. Trying to uh, not trying to do not try do. <laughs> that was a bad yoga, Yoda. That was a bad you Yoda. did it the right way, though. The, like, the, <laughs> you didn't Yoda it. Yeah, I didn't Yoda it. I, was, I should have done it backwards. Er, <laughs> you unyoded Yoda. <laughs> there is no try. <laughs> Only do or do not. I'm just like <laughs> again. What is it? It's just I can't do get or it. do not. Do, there is no try. Do or do not. There's no try. Uh, it's just like a Muppet. It's like more of a Muppet. Uh, but the the uh, the the way you think about success. Okay. First of all, my first note here is just comparison abounds. Okay. Mm. Comparison abounds. It seems like our mind can compare uh, completely independently of our uh, of our own sort of ability to come up with 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 an with a grounded sort of personal sense of success. Like, what is a grounded personal sense of success for you? Versus, how do you compare yourself to others around the topic of success? Right. Um, this is just totally. a place that I want to. I want. I want. I just want to. Like, I don't want to spend a lot of time in there because I feel like you know we constantly get into that. I love that uh, question. I think it's a really big deal, but it does not an entrepreneur make. Thinking about that does not a successful business uh, grow <laughs> or something, right? right. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> the important the important thing though is as you're thinking about growth, the the dialogue you will you will realize you have a lot of freedom. And a lot of potential directions. There's a lot of open country to take, right? There's a lot of open country to take. You can go in this direction and probably find some success. You can go in that direction and probably find some success. You can focus on your email list right now. Or you can focus on a new podcast. Or you can focus on affiliate uh, relationships and influencer partnerships. Or you can focus on, or you can focus on, or you can focus on. There's there's so many different places that we can go to come up with a project for growth for our particular company. Okay, Um, and we're going to talk about two important things specifically about those uh, those kinds of projects, which are your options, your metrics and your milestones that Aiden's going to share some with us about that. Remember those words, your metric. What are the metrics that you're measuring and your milestones? Like what are the actual moments in the uh, in the project management or in the calendar? What are the milestones that you're heading for? So um, just to kind of like. Just to open up this question of, all right, growing, how much growth? What's the kind of success you want? And I want to say that if you haven't read people like uh, Mr. Money Mustache, which is a little bit of a classic oh, old yeah. school blog, right, at this point. It's classic and it's old school. But And I hope that you can go to that, that site and there's just a simple start here. And you can read like 10 or so of the blog posts there and and just get a sense for how alternatively – how deeply personal your sense of success can really be. It can be determined by the kind of life you want to be living, the kind of relationships you want to be pouring into. So for example, for myself as a dad and a husband, like there's there and and for Aiden being out in the world traveling, there's a really fun thing for me when I get to travel with my kids and my wife. 
It's just really mm. fun. I love it. I love giving my kids these experiences. I love them growing up with pictures in different places. I love them being sort of citizens of the world, being able to think about, you know, global political ideas instead of just, you know, just, you know, American popularity contests or which most of our politics (laughs) ends up being the, but like, I love, I love it for a lot of reasons. I love it for a lot of reasons. Now, in order to do that, not only do I need to have money to be able to just afford to do that, but you'd be surprised how little money you can do. You you need to go, to go traveling, especially in a place like Mexico or Costa Rica or something like that. I need to have some information or some, some, some desire or inspiration around where I want to go, what kinds of things I want to do. Like I want to eat the food in Mexico city. I want to take my kid through like some guided tour of uh, like, I'd love to take my kids on safari and see like the natural world. I'd love to go through shanty towns in South Africa and see, and like be involved in some project there that, that does some meaningful work. So my son can just see like, wow, the, 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 the crazy spectrum of life that's on this planet for different humans, depending on where they're born and who they're born to. Right. Right. I got to have these ideas and these inspirations. That's a very personal sort of thing. What I want to do, not just like what like outsider magazine says, here's the five cities across the world. You should go see. (laughs) Chances are they might be right though. There might be some cool cities that they've got there. But then I also need to have the time. Oh, do you hear how I said that word? Time. Time. Time is this. Time is usa. It takes time to relax. A relax is a moment. A moment happens in time, right? So what's the uh how does time sound when you don't have control over it? Time you don't hear it. You can't hear the time when you don't have control over it. You're going from one to the next to the next to the next to the next to the next. There's no dialogue with time. There's no interaction with mm. now. There's no um, there's no meaning in the moment necessarily, right? Um, now, not that not that there's no meaning in the moment because all of that work that you're doing is contributing towards a meaningful story for you. You're liking where it's sure. going, right? That's part of what will feel success. Listen, dear listener, please tell me, I I. I have been successful and not felt successful. Okay? I've heard this story not just from, you know, indie digital entrepreneurs, but from every walk of life in in the world of business, of entertainment, of musician, of filmmaking, of podcasters, broadcasters, writers, experts, doctors, like all like neurosurgeons. I've heard it everywhere. You can be successful and not feel successful, right? I'll put a link in the show notes to my ConvertKit talk. Uh, when they did their first conference, I spoke on, if you don't feel it now, you won't feel it then. It's a really good sort of grounding or deposition in, in that idea of we, we pursue success right now. We, we, we achieve success right now. And there's much more to grow and there's much more to build towards. Right. And so really all there's so many things I would love for you to, to grok about this bigger idea about your own personal definition of success and what your own, what you're, cause you're going to have to come up with a plan for growth. Okay. And the big question is how will you know when you've grown enough? Right. This is like Paul, Paul Jarvis's book company of one, which we'll put in the show notes that episode. Do you, do you remember the, the number on that? If you could look that up Aiden, while I'm chatting, he talks about, he talks about uh, this in this book, Company of One, this this embedded growth obligation of most of these companies and how all of us small time people, just one to one company, one person companies, you know, with some contractors, 
We don't need to be growing like that. We need to be growing at some rate that we feel good for our retirement, for the kinds of you know, education we want to give to our kids, for the kinds of time off ability we want to have, for the kinds of travel or the kinds of goodies we want to have in our life, the kind of lifestyle, right? So coming up with your getting, – getting grounded in your own sense of success – some people really out there feel like, well, I'm not going to be happy unless I got a yacht, you know, and and I'm just right. not one of those people. I'd love to be on a yacht. I'd love to take my kids on a yacht. I'd love to do that. I don't want to pay for the upkeep of that. You know, my, my, my old <laughs> CEO had a yacht. Man, I know how much it cost him to take us out on like a on like a scoot around the river in Portland on that for an afternoon, which we did every year in our company. And it was like hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of fuel. So I was like, man, there's just a lot of upkeep there. I don't, I would get a yacht when I just didn't have to think about shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'll get a, like that. There's so much in success that's like in that realm. I really just want to feel like I'm making for like myself personally. You don't. This isn't your definition of success. This is mine. If I'm not if I'm not connecting if I'm not making things that I feel personally at least a little bit proud of, then I start to kind of wither a little bit. My soul. Oh yeah. My soul withers. Um, if I'm not seeing results. Okay, and results there is in quotes. I start to wither from my work, which normally for Mm. me, the results end up being engagement. Just like people are engaging with it. There's conversation, there's dialogue, right? Yeah, and that suggests value. Yeah, Yeah. and that suggests Mm -hmm. value, exactly. Now, there's another part of results that I haven't had to worry about in a while because we've built our audiences at Fizzle and then the Chase Reeves YouTube channel and now on Instagram. Like I've built them enough to where the results are there every month in the financial and the monetary side of things, right? But that's not to say that we don't go through fluctuations well you know and and like some months are like wait is this the beginning of a trend that i don't like that's what it feels like to be an entrepreneur for me a lot of the time it's like it's like there's a there's a slightly bad month and you're like okay here's the deal this could be the beginning of something that goes for a long time right and it continues and like we're looking we're looking to get hired by someone else in in three months time because it goes fast or it could just be like a weird aberration it could just be this time in the calendar is just is just a weird time for the kinds of products that i'm involved in um there's but like that question of is this going to last a long time or is this just right now that used to make me really really nervous and i would just live oh, yeah. live in that nervous anxiety ridden sort of state right and now it's like a little more like a hey man we're just going to ride it out like we always have right well and so dude you you like you perfectly stitched this together in in something that i like to call a dovetail and uh, <laughs> in that when you determine what that success definition is to you, then the metrics that you that you select actually make sense. So, for example, when you're when you're talking about, um, yeah, why why a trend in some way doesn't really matter? It's because some of that like minimally viable important stuff, or maybe we should say like, ooh, I got a good one, a meaningfully viable income, a meaningfully viable business. Mm. So it's it's the level of business. So it's bigger than minimally. So you're not suffering, you're not scraping, but you've got the resources so that your tap into what is meaningful to you, what you care about, maybe what you're passionate about is uh, is is unrestricted, mm. right? And so a billion dollars is not that level for me. It's mm. much much lower, right? So the level of money that that allows me to have a meaningfully viable life is uh is much much less. And so when I start looking at what kind of metrics 
is it an income level? Is it a is it a churn? Is it how many clients are coming on? How long of a sales cycle I have to go from cold lead to to sold prospect to, mm. to financial income? Those numbers get vetted through the consideration of well, if I don't sell that deal, that's not failure because selling the deal wasn't success. Mm. I'm already at success. I just need to sustain this. So if in six months I don't close a deal, maybe then we start actually worrying about the actual metric that we've selected because what I measure actually matters. If I don't have a clear picture of, uh, of why I'm growing or why I'm choosing not to grow and what success looks like, then, uh, then my metrics become arbitrary. They, they become vanity metrics, right? Mm. Like, are, is my follower count going to feed me? Maybe if they're fully monetized, but yeah. they're not for me. So no. So why am I worried? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So um, it's so subjective. Um, and and the truth is, is, is when you get when you get good at that philosophical, you know, that dialogue that the, the back and forth should do I want to be rich? Do I want to be popular? Do I want to be attractive? Or do I just want to be happy? And if I want to be happy, are there other ways that I can achieve that that don't involve the A, B and C I just mentioned? Those things are uh, really, really important things to explore before you start growing the beanstalk, mm-hmm. right? Because that beanstalk might actually take off. Mm. You might find yourself in that gilded cage, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, just, yeah, just to, just to round out the gilded cage thing, for, for those of you that don't know, that's when, that's when you've built something amazing and beautiful and you are stuck inside it. Trapped. <laughs> trapped golden handcuffs it's like uh, yeah the golden handcuffs it's it's this happens a lot in the in the startup world where um you're involved in some company for some set amount of time you've got a vesting schedule and then you've just got a bunch of these developers just sitting there waiting for their shares to vest right because they feel so unattached to the to the vision and the mission of the company anymore Right. What started out as this fun campaign, like a small group of people creating a thing quickly grew and now everybody's got a job. And it's like it's amazing how when things grow, um, it can really suck the vitality out of things if you don't if you don't manage it well, if you don't manage the vision and the mission of the thing. Okay, so. That's a little bit of a grounding in, in like, so just talking about success, your own personal success. Cause here's the thing you can shoot for any star you want, sweetheart. Like you can, you can aim at anything that you want to, but the whole thing is you're sitting at the, on the fairway, you're, you're like at the tee box. Okay. And you've got a 500 yard par five right now, little, little heart like yours. You're going to be excited to grab that driver and just rip it. You just, I'm going to hit it all the way down, daddy. I'm just going to, I'm going to hit it all the way down. Mars, you know, and like you're like, there's no such thing as Smars, but the, but you know, you've got built-in limitations, okay? And golf, in golf, which is not my favorite sport, actually, to be honest, when I play golf by myself with headphones on at five in the morning when there's dew everywhere and it's just like you're all alone, it's one of the best sports. But when I go out there with a bunch of racist white dudes, it just starts to feel crappy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> old people with veiny noses being like. <laughs> Being like, why are there so many people of color? <laughs> it's just not a good look. Um, and golf is like, man, talk about like, talk about those those weird, like is golf about to go on a totally, like total just becomes not an interesting thing at all precisely because of that? Or is it is it like, you know, can, can I don't know, we've gone through Tiger Woods and a handful of other cool golfers. Like, do we, are there more cool golfers that are going to make it seem interesting? I don't know if the if the viewership on golf is super far down. But we're living in a world where now I'm, you know, almost 40. 
And now I've seen enough of these trends and these things kind of come and go. And and that really affects what your sense is of what your business is going to do, right? Mm. Of how relevant your business or your topic or your interest is going to stay in something. So we've got this big question about... You can aim at anything. You can you can be sitting on the tee box, looking 500 yards, looking at that little tiny flag at the end, at the in the hole, and you go like, "All right, I'm gonna. That's why I'm gonna get it there in one shot." Right? I would encourage you not to get it there in one shot. I would encourage you not to try to. I would encourage you to go like that'd be fun. But I would encourage you to spend a lot of time playing a lot of golf so that you know that's not what your driver does. That's not what your driver does. That might be like what someone else's driver can get five hundred yards, but your driver can't, right? And that doesn't mean you're going to actually have more strokes on your, you know, that you're not going to, that you're not going to win based on score or something like that in golf, because there's so much more to the game. There's just, there's so much more to business than how much money you're making, right? There's so much more to independent business than how profitable you are. There's so much more to happiness than how much free time you have right? There's so much more in all of this stuff. So defining your own definition of success, your own personal success, your own personal goal, right? For your, for, for what your lifestyle looks like, for what your business is able to do, for what your relationship with your spouse is like, or your kids or your, whatever, your, your abilities as a dater. I don't know what people are like, what, what it's like to not have married with kids. I don't, I don't understand anymore. I'm like, I literally you com- work on your abilities as a dater. As a dater. You <laughs> are you looking to be a better dater? <laughs> Try my new Enhance app. your abilities with a fizzles dating <laughs> application. Okay, so we've got some very specific things I want to I want to I want you to talk to us about Aiden about these these metrics and these milestones. But first, let me just tell you really quick just just so I don't have to do it at the end. At if fizzle we like cuz you're a fizzle show listener if you haven't tried fizzle you should really try it out because number 1 the community you can pop in there and say hey guys i just put together this landing page what do you think and you're going to get some people chatting back to you number 2 the community you don't have to do the full like forum like just put stuff out to everybody kind of thing i highly recommend that you do and that you start there but over time <laughs> you make friends and you have these like direct message conversations you have these these people that you're sharing your victories with right it's it ends up being a big deal the feedback's massive the friendships life-changing right then there's group coaching calls every friday fizzle friday where if you just if you could just get off of your uh off of your whatever you're sitting on for you know 20 minutes on a Friday to, to, to show up and just say, here's what I'm working on. Here's what I think is next. Is this a good direction? What do you think I need to do to make this successful? Right. Or here's what I just put out. Can you give me some feedback? You're going to move so much further, so much faster than, than someone who's exactly your age, exactly your experience who doesn't do that right? Mm. It's a really powerful tool, just the community side of Fizzle. And that doesn't even mention the courses, over 40 you know, plus courses on things like how to grow your email list to 10,000 subs and beyond, how to tune up your website, how to talk to, to potential customers to get ideas from them about what your product should be like, right? This is all, and all of those courses I mentioned are in the roadmap. So you just start the roadmap and you just go through. And as you have questions for your own business, you bring it to the forums. It's a really big deal. 
okay, that you can just get this, you know, almost for free. Because this is the kind of thing that you be you pay like $10,000 to be in. A lot of the mastermind groups I hear about, private mastermind groups, it's like 10000 bucks to be a part of this thing, right? For I don't even think it's for a whole year. I don't even know how long that is. But this is much more affordable. And in fact, you can try it for five weeks for free. Just go to fizzle.co slash try five, T-R-Y five. Because you're a Fizzle Show listener, because you're here, we only do this here, fizzle.co slash try five is where you can go to get five weeks of free fizzle. Just see if you like it. Five weeks is a long time to try something out. Okay? So check that out because we are we're like we're an organization that's about the growth of the indie entrepreneur. All right. This episode's about growth. We're about like sort of the growth of the industry of independent entrepreneurship, because I think economically, this is like when you can set yourself up to be truly independent, to be an actual, you know, gunslinger in the Wild West with a direct connection to an audience, that audience doesn't go away overnight. Like you have to do a lot of stuff to get rid of that audience, right? That's a, that's a, rather than going through, you know, a, a, Fox or a BBC or some other gatekeeper that owns the audience. And then you get to have your, your show on that channel, so to speak. Um, being able to have a direct connection is, is really what the internet enables. Right. And there's a, there can be, there can be some volatility there, but there can also be some, an, 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 like an intense amount of security there too. That'll blow your mind the more, the longer you do it. So we're passionate about growing independent entrepreneurship. Fizzle's a place for that. Um, now, Fizzle.co slash try five. Fizzle.co slash try five. Fizzle.co slash try five. Get in there. Five weeks for free. Okay, now let's talk about more growth stuff. Metrics and milestones. These two, and these are the M&Ms. These are the M&Ms of, uh, of growth. Aiden, what the heck is a metric and a milestone? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we started talking about it already um, in that uh, transition out of when you figure out uh, some of the kind of like really core kernel-y stuff about why you even want to be an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, if you get really in tune with that, some of your, the matterful metrics to, to pull from you mm. um, kind of start leaking out, right? So is it is it money? Is it, and what, how much, right? And you start reverse engineering a lot of that stuff. So, you know, if you need to make a certain amount of income, you probably need to sell a certain amount of deals, if you, products or deals. And if, if that, uh, amount of sales that conversion rate is based on the amount of leads that come in you you kind of stair step back until you have a pretty clear roadmap of the things you have control over mm. and the things that you can influence right <clears throat> and the key is you know this episode is not going to be about how to actually uh, treat leads better so that you can improve those scores um, there are lots and lots of different ways to do that from copywriting to design to personality branding what platforms you're on etc so, so what we're going to talk about is just simply tracking this stuff, right? Um, because the truth is, is if you don't track any of it, you can't learn from your failures or success, right? Mm-hmm. You know me, I'm, I'm this big fan of, all right, well, it didn't work, try it again. But the worst thing in the world is if it works and you don't know how to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, if it works and you're like, yes, now just to do that three more times and it will be set. You have nowhere... <laughs> You have no idea how to start the experiment again. Yeah. So the first thing you need to do uh, is to start tracking metrics, and you can do this very simply. We have a beautiful little metrics template spreadsheet that you can get by trying five, going to stage eight in the roadmap, 
and going here. Okay, so in the roadmap, we do have this this template that is just, that helps you lay out your your metrics that you're going to be yeah. tracking. And like a metric, just just to really ground this in, for for anybody at any stage, a metric is just anything that you can measure, right? Yep. Uh, Peter Ducker says, Drucker says, what gets measured gets done, right? And in, yeah. in fact, there's this there's this uh, there's a really great. There's a really great book. Hold on. I'm going to I'm going to highly recommend this book to everybody listening. Hold on. Let me see where it is on my devices. It is called The Art of Possibility, okay? By Benjamin Zander and Rosamund Stone or something like that. I can't read further than that. But The Art of Possibility. I'm just doing it on Audible. Um it is a it's a it's a it talks about this idea of metrics. Well, it talks about how we've gotten out of... Th- okay, so if the first part of the conversation was about defining our own success um, and and why we want to grow and what growth really will mean beyond just... Because th- you can chart any ma- metric, right? You can you can say, like, you, you did anybody grow up in one of those houses where, like, mom and dad measured, like, how tall you were yeah, on one of the <laughs> things? And you got... And you, like, you're 18 now. You're about ready to go off to college, and you see all those marks all the way up that side of the doorpost or something like that it's like that's metrics right yeah. that's metrics and yeah. and you notice how how tall you are really doesn't say a lot about who you are right it doesn't really say what kind of quality of person you are right and it, like you can even you can measure how many books you've read it doesn't necessarily mean you're like like doesn't measure how smart you are right right but there is a correlation taller people it's good that you mentioned that taller people yeah. are worse people do you know yeah, what I mean? Most, like mostly, we know this. It's science. <laughs> if you're talking, I mean, it's also, been measured. Shorter people, worse people. You want to be right in the middle, just like everybody else. If people yeah, are too tall or too to short, Goldilocks. they're weird and they're not mm-hmm. trustable. That sounds so strange. I was trying to make it like I was trying to like kind of make it make like a silly thing out of it, but it actually sounded like I'm starting a cult. That it hates, just got dark. That hit, it's okay. it just, it's we'll bring fine. it back. It's fine. The sun also rises, but I do yeah, want to make tomorrow. this distinction between the things that you measure are not necessarily the things you should be measuring, right? Just because you're measuring, what's cool about measuring height is you get to see, holy crap, I am so growing, and so it is an indicator of growth. Right. But how many of us like uh, kept growing taller or fatter in my case and then uh, and didn't necessarily grow inside, didn't really have a lot of internal growth. Right. So growth has a lot of a lot of a lot of directions in it. Like you were talking before about. um, Well, here. Yeah. Go Go ahead. Go. What? What? I I was just going to say a good a good way to kind of like round out this analogy that you're using is that um, and use you even use the word. Right. So so everybody in the tech space is probably familiar with KPIs, right? Key performance indicators. Mm. And if we look at height, and as you are growing, let's just say that between the ages of, of 8 and 14, you had an immense growth spurt, right? You, you grew in height tremendously. And at the same time, you became a better basketball player, almost at exactly the same rate, right? Yeah. But, you know, between the ages of 14 and 18, you continued to grow, uh, but you stopped playing basketball, right? Mm. Does growing in height always equate to better skills in basketball? No. Mm. But um, so, so when you're looking at these indicators, um, track them. The only way to actually be really, uh, you know, ruthlessly critical of these indicators is to actually track them. If you're not tracking anything, you won't notice a correlation between height and basketball skill. Well, I love but if you do. I, I love your you use of this. To. I love your use of this word indicators. I, did, yeah. I, I had to cut you just right off. It's because a clue. It, it feels like, yeah, what is it indicating? 
And so mm-hmm. what you were saying before is that when we're talking about what is the reason why we started in personal success, personal like definition of growth or personal goal for growth, like what you why, why in what and to what level do you want to grow? Well, you want to find those measurements that are indicators of that kind of growth. OK, what mm-hmm. would what thing can you measure? That is an indicator of that kind of growth or those kinds of growth, right? So I want to have, I talked about the results of, of people interacting with, with me and, and my, my content sparking dialogue, conversation and community, right? Well, I can measure that in the number of comments on each video after seven days, right? That mm-hmm. is, that is just a metric I can start. Me- now I can't find that anywhere in YouTube. YouTube isn't going to say, here's your average comment number after seven days on each of your videos right mm-hmm, they're not mm-hmm. going to say that that's i, I have to go make no. that metric myself luckily right. it's really easy to do right it's totally. pretty dang easy to do but nobody's going to give me that measurement but i can look at that over time if i looked at that at every for every video for a year i would have a really interesting indicator about how, where my engagement is heading more engagement less engagement more comments after 7 days less comments after 7 days right that right. now i could be i could be tapping I, half of those could be spam comments right Right. a year from now right so that's where the metric itself not only do we measure uh measure this this metric but then we we're like we're we're measuring the measurement of the metric right we're like how is this measurement of this metric really indicating the direction of growth we want to be going in because what's famously um the case is people who have lots of twitter followers and no influence Right, mm-hmm. people who yeah. come up to you and meet you are miserable cocktail, too. Yeah. Meet you at a cocktail party, and they've got all these metrics. And in fact, they're the quick to tell you about it. But they're hungry as they're hungry as a like they're so hungry they're starving. They need they need someone's help to figure out like what they should do next in the world. They're constantly looking for people to do like joint venture partnerships with because they don't mm-hmm. have their own. St- their own growth engine. They don't have their own vitality in their system. Right. Um, and so they're leading with, here's how many followers I have, but you don't know if they send a tweet, if anybody's going to look at that freaking tweet. And if they, and if anybody looks at, if anybody's going to click on that sucker, right. Um, Mm -hmm. I have this many people in my email list. Yeah. But that's an email list. That's really focused on geriatric patients about X, Y, and Z. Cause that's where your first business was. And then you pivoted and you kept all those numbers, but you're not selling any of the new thing that you're selling because it's just not it's not a good fit for the the um, the group of people that you put together. So sure. metrics that are that are like like so pretty metrics aren't necessarily indicators of the kind of growth you're looking for, right? We called yeah. these this whole mess of metrics um, one of the things we we've done in the past to kind of like to help people really understand us. We just call them vanity metrics. Right, just vanity. It's just metrics that are just pure vanity. It's just pure ego pump up. You know, this is how many Twitter followers I have. This is how many Instagram followers I have. Right now, I have Instagram followers. I have Twitter followers, and those are actually those are like. I mean, I don't have as much influence there as I would like. I don't know what I would do with it if I had it, but I don't have as much as I would like. Uh, But I do have some influence there. Right. 10,000 Instagram followers is like there's some influence, there's some engagement, but it's, it's probably less engagement than others who have 10,000. And it's probably more engagement than others who have 10,000. Right. So there's mm. just I love this 
getting into if I can get you to understand the way that that energy flows through your business, it, like through other people and through their intentions and their desires and their 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 hopes for themselves and their their experience of the problem, the pain, their hope and and dreams for it, that pain being subsided by some magical pill that you just happen to make really affordably and it just arrives whenever I need it or something like that, right? Um, these these metrics are not all created equal. Some of them are totally worthless. A lot of them are just utterly vainglorious, right? You're literally just making yourself feel good, and then you wonder why you feel so bad, right? Because you, you quote, are successful in all these metrics, but it's like something in you knows that there's not the real success here yet, the one that you're going for, right? So the big thing that, that I think matters on this is that word you were using, Aiden, on indicators, Right. Where does it like what would be the metric that would indicate the kind of success that you're actually looking for? And I love that you said this. That stuff can fall right out of your that kernel core. What kind of success are you actually going for? What kind of of, uh, what's your why here? Right. Yeah. And I have there's another little nifty trick, too, because, you know, don't don't get us wrong. I mean, we're here saying defining success is a first step. Sometimes it's impossible to do that. Sometimes you need to experience the golden handcuffs, the gilded cage to know what not to do, right? Mm. Um, And so I have a nifty trick for pulling out the key performance indicators Mm. that actually are matterful, that have correlations to meaningful experiences and fulfillment. Um, And it it comes out of a a weird journaling exercise that Jim Collins uses. and it's, it's simply a matter of, uh, of scoring your days, right? If you start assigning scores, you know, just, you know, one to 10 or something, just how good of a day did you have? And then a short, very concise bulleted list of the, the, the components of that day. Then over a, and you do this in a spreadsheet key, you can, you, after a considerable period of time, you can filter that spreadsheet based on the high performing scores and start looking at the consistencies in the components of your day. So, for example, if all of a sudden I have straight 10 days, uh, or if in every single 10 scored day, I realize that I've exercised, mm. that's a pretty clear correlation, right? Yeah. And so you're looking for consistencies. And that's just one interesting little tip. If you are not convinced of the things that make, that that kind of spell your, uh, on the right path and, and going towards that proper goal. Now we'll transition to milestones. Um, that's a nifty little trick to reverse engineer it instead of determining what those meaningful metrics were in the beginning. Yeah, and searching for those, you can do it backwards. Yeah, right? that's you a can really have your days. So am I getting you know this? I mean? Am I getting this right? So I would like uh, one of the it makes me think of okay, commit to this, commit to this for you know seven days or fourteen. Let's just do two weeks. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Just so we have a, a, a you know a decent number of days that we're paying attention to here, and it's almost like the idea of just being like having a a stopwatch on your timer that go or on your phone that goes off every ten minutes or something. It's like, well, have you changed your task? It just asks you that question. Have you changed your task? If so, like write it down in your little task journal or whatever. Right? I did this today. I did this. I did this. I, I just want to be religious about writing everything down that I did. And then I can, you know, in the beginning and the end of the day, like, you know, how do I feel about today, especially at the end of the day? Like, how did today yeah. go? Right. How did today go? And you can start you can just go up and you can look at like you could just start crossing things off. Like, don't do this kind of shit. 
Yeah, right? it like, becomes really easy. And it's not it, it's really obvious stuff. But as soon as you have it all in a very, very fierce document staring at you, it comes with a sense of obligation, yeah, right? Yeah. I know what to do to have good days. I know what kind of metrics to measure to, to guarantee that I'm on the right track. I know what kinds of things to do so that I'm not uh, guilty and shameful and mm. feeling like a slob and things like that. It's really easy. It's really obvious. Um, but it just helps, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it helps to keep it simple because the thing about KPIs is that they're not these subtle little hidden things of, oh my gosh, it was this little tweak every day that I noticed. These are big boulders. These are obvious things. They're pretty easy to track. Yeah. Or they should be at least. Yeah. And it's, so, it's not that they're hard to track. It's tracking them consistently yeah. is the difficult aspect. Yeah. And I mean, and like, like for us in Fizzle, the number one revenue is, is the number one metric. Right. It's still for every business. It's like revenue is this thing that is the ultimate uh, quantifier of the value that people think you're worth. Right. Mm -hmm. I love that. The value received by me was worth this like i like i i agree here's my money <laughs> you right. know what i mean like i the agree. correlation yeah is is very clear it, it money in the door correlates to a couple things and for me and my business too which is people are finding value in it it also correlates the amount of time i can continue to do this because it's fuel and uh and it also is this um is this protective kind of defense measurement too where it, the more money in, the more disasters I can weather, the more value I've provided to people, and the longer I can do whatever I'm doing. Yeah. So those are good correlations. They're indicators of continued correlation as well. Yeah. Okay, got it. So now let's get into milestones and, and, and close this sucker out. So we talked yeah. about the M&Ms are metrics and milestones. So if metrics are these things that we can measure, and not all measurements are, this, are, you know, are created equal, right? Not all, not all metrics mm -hmm. are as valuable for you to be paying attention to. And like Peter Drucker says, what gets measured gets done. So be careful what you are measuring and, what you, and be intentional about some metrics. Like, like truly measure some things over time because your internal chronometer you know your 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 internal sort of awareness about how whether you think your business is going well or right or not which is really just shorthand for how you feel about your business right now well one of the things you're going to see is you feel about your business right now in very different ways depending on when someone asks you how do you feel about your business right now feelings are constantly changing sometimes they change because they know something Sometimes they change because you're just like that. <laughs> you know I mean? Sometimes right. you're nervous just because you're a nervous <laughs> person. Sometimes you're right. anxious just because your dad didn't hug you enough, right? It's like no bad, yep. just acknowledge and move on. Go like, okay, I'm feeling nervous about my business. Is there a reason why, uh, right? I, I, the metrics that I'm, that I'm tracking intentionally give me no indication that this thing is fizzling out. Right. So right. my anxiety is, you know, is out of place. I'm going to do whatever I do when I get in anxiety mode. I'm going to go take a cold shower or I'm going to even better to go in an ice bath. Guys, you can't, you got to know people, not guys, gals too. the whole thing. Ice baths, ice baths, ice baths. Okay. I'm done with that. There's nothing. <laughs> what does Tony Robbins do? Someone asked him like, like, what do you do when you're never not feeling right? He's like, I jump in an ice bath. <laughs> the thing is about ice baths. They suck, man. They suck so much. But cold immersion is so good for teaching you resiliency, uh, kind of peace in, in the midst of, of, uh, of challenging situation. The cold stuff is, 
a huge upgrade to the body. And the, when you upgrade your body, you absolutely upgrade your mind. Okay, I'm not going to make this episode about cold plunges, though. So tell me <laughs> about milestones. In what way do yeah. you, what is a milestone, and how do we really harness that in the last 10 minutes here? Yeah, and it'll be pretty quick because what we've almost, we've talked around it this entire time. So we're talking about your definition of success. A lot of people can't help but think of that as a destination. Let's just pretend it's still the destination, but that it can happen sooner and sustain a destination. So that's the only difference that I'll spew at you. But let's just say that success is kind of like some sort of destination that you get there. It is also a milestone. So what we're, what we're doing with our metrics is we're tracking to the destination, if you will. We're tracking to an accomplishment of some sort. Let's just call it an accomplishment. And in between, you're going to have bigger indicators that you really are on the right course. And that, these are milestones. So at each step, you're tracking your metrics. Um, you're finding the ones that matter. You're finding the ones that correlate with the, the way you want to feel. And, and these milestones are big, big goals, right? Not the ultimate ones, but they're big goals that get, give you more of a confident indication, right? So there's, um, there's a you're going to set these things ahead of time because the worst thing that you can do is try and make a confident and accurate assessment of how you're doing in the eye of the storm, like you were talking about, Chase, right? Mm. When the emotions are running high, when success has elated you, when failure has beaten you down, these are the last times you want to ask yourself, how are things going, <laughs> right? Mm. You want to be very, very careful about how much control you give yourself of the experiment that you set up when you were calm and uh, serene, when you had all the numbers in front of you, You've done a lot of thinking in solitude or just carefully. Mm. So you want to make sure that a lot of the planning that you do, you do beforehand and that those things can kind of guide you when you may not be as trustworthy because you're in a situation that's by default emotional. You're trying to do something you care about. You're trying to realize a future or a present rather that, uh, that means more to you than your desk job did. Mm. And these, the stakes are real. The stakes are high and that makes being, um, not clear-headed, but that makes being objective um, sometimes difficult. Mm -hmm. So we set these milestones. And when we set these milestones, um, there's, a, there's a bunch of questions. that Chase, I don't know how many questions we want to throw at them. These questions are all in stage eight. Mm -hmm. Boom. Written down like that. Maybe we'll rattle through a couple of them and talk about them. Yeah, let's just do um, a few because if anybody wants more, they're all in the roadmap already. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Aren't they? So maybe we'll do like this three is, or four. This is, these questions they're, are from the roadmap. They're directly from the roadmap. Okay. So I mean, but they're great. You know, I wanted to give give as many of these answers of these questions to to you free people out there that that have not decided to try five. Yeah. Because uh, we do value you too. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not. But yeah, so they're simple things. Um, but before you do anything, you know, with uh, with goals and success and milestones, um, it's always very very helpful to be specific because if you're not specific. You can't track against vague things, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's like MVI, right? If you're, if you're shooting for ramen profitability, that's a number. That's a real number. Um, how many meals will you eat? How much is your rent? You know, do you need to put gas in your car? Do you need to get a, a certain non-glutinous kind of cracker for your children? <laughs> or can they deal with saltines <laughs> for a little while? <laughs> Perfect. Um, specific, specific. And... um and the big things I think here is is the specificness, the specificity. Number two is, is it measurable? Mm. If it's specific, but you can't measure it, what good are your metrics, right? Mm. You'll be guessing the whole way through. Yeah. Um, 
And then number three, is it actually attainable, you know? And and maybe we'll kind of stop with those because those are kind of the three overarching things. Is it specific? Can you measure it? And is it actually attainable? Yeah. I mean, is this like what a SMART goal is? Or is it, isn't a SMART goal just specific, measurable, attainable, and has a timeline is the, is the, is the last oh. one? Oh. Right, you're kind of blowing my mind in real time. Wait, wait, there's an R in there I missed. Okay, there is. It's number four. It's is relevant. Is it relevant to your business? Oh, and the wait, life that you're trying the to create. The first five are okay. So, oh, got, yeah, the first five out of ten are uh, the smart the smart goals here. Right. So, is it specific? Now we're thinking about a milestone. So for me, I'm trying to think of a milestone for me. One, what like the next milestone that I'm planning on right now looks like. But the the challenge with this is it's definitely going to happen because the way that. So so it's 75,000 subscribers on YouTube, right? Which is a big number. And it's like nothing as a YouTuber. Everybody's got freaking billions of subscribers now. It's ridiculous. But uh, that's a very specific goal. I love the idea of getting to there. Another, but by the way, another metric that may not actually, uh, that may not actually equate to real satisfying sort of uh, success in some ways because I can grow my followership and and have less engagement on my videos, I've noticed, right? But it is like the height in the basketball thing. Like there is a definite correlation between yeah. subscriber count, activity, and, you know, meaningful yeah. comments that make you feel good, right? right? There is some correlation. Yeah, but to me, I try to define my own success more by the work that I'm doing than the... Than the but when I think of milestones, I, I oftentimes, with metrics, I think of these moments, you know? When I pass 100,000 subs, or the next one's 75,000 subs, like, that's when we do a huge giveaway. I get thousands of dollars worth of gear from all these companies and um, and, and do this, uh, this, whole, this whole thing. So, specific... Yes, 75,000. Is it measurable? Yes, we measure, like you can just, everybody who goes to the Chase Reeves YouTube channel sees the number, right? Is it attainable? Yes, my trajectory up to now, you could just chart the course of growth. I can pretty much, I can probably, <laughs> I can probably guesstimate roughly within a few days, like when I'll cross that 75,000 <laughs> right, cool. thing. So is it attainable? Is it relevant to the business and life you want to create? Yes, in the sense that if I have more subscribers, there is also more engagement, right? Yes if right yes if sure. i'm doing more creative work that good. i like more not just yeah, good consideration right so is it relevant to that and then is it time bound have you added a time frame to your goal and for me like i said i could probably chart out roughly when that's going to happen and, and this is where i want to have an assistant i do have an assistant now i just want to send her like hey i don't know how you figure this out but figure out when we're going to have seventy-five thousand subs because we've got to do a giveaway <laughs> and i want a video right. ready for that thing but these five it's just there's there's five more uh inside the the course um but they're just it's that regular old smart goal thing and it's just such a helpful you know is it is it specific is it measurable is it attainable is it relevant and is it time bound just force yourself to write in your journal about those the, those five parts or you know uh, or whatever, where like oh, another course that's inside of Fizzle is my productivity course, where I talk about how how to create your own productivity system outside of any given app, right? It's just there's all these apps, and they all have their ways of doing it. But one of the things you could do if you use Asana or Trello or just Evernote or something is you can answer these five questions right there in the project document. 
right? Like you have this project or this, this goal, like, Hey, my, I'm going to make this, I'm going to publish five episodes of this new season that I'm going to do. Well, is it like, is it specific? Yes. There are five goals. Uh, here's the, here's the spe- very specific specifics of this thing. Mm-hmm. Is it measurable? Yes. I will know that, that when we've published them, when they go publish, I will be able to measure their publishing. And I can also measure the response to that, which to me looks like number of views and number of comments, engagement, right? Is it attainable? Yes, it's absolutely possible for me to to make these. I've made lots of these. You can, you see how you can you can write about these just to get yourself grounded into the project space, right? But and then from there you can come up with a with a with a plan that might be might be very realistic about how to actually move forward with that thing. Okay, yep. anything else to say here on growth, success, metrics and milestones, Aiden? The final thing is that these there's no it's no mistake that these things kind of go hand in hand because we are creating a snowball, right? These two things feed off each other. And if you're familiar with the flywheel approach, this is all just stuff that helps itself move itself, right? Um, so when you have good metrics that are meaningful, uh, your milestones become really, really uh, specific and really, really attainable. And the motivation that you get from accomplishing those things gives you revenue, gives you resources to go ahead and do it again. Mm. Make some more metrics, uh, set some new milestones, and and just rinse and repeat uh, to your heart's content wherever that definition of success kind of eventually lands you. So um, all of this stuff is not a one-and-done approach. Um, It's an iterative approach. Um, There's plenty of spreadsheets in this stage that that my agency uses on a regular basis for exactly this purpose. and it's all so that uh, so that you create an engine for growth rather than forcing the boulder uphill, right? So that's that's kind of the final thought there is that flywheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this. When you have a, a sort of an engine of growth in your company, which might be a person that you hire as a growth person, it might be just you yourself just having some vitality and, and enough you know, resources to be able to not be bogged down in all the details. But when you have an engine of growth, you can come back to this place again and again, creating interesting projects that grow your business and contribute to a body of work that you really like are stoked about. One of the one of the biggest dig. one of the biggest tricks on this is something that Barrett said a long time ago. You know, it's just design now for the body of work you want to have in 5 years, right? Strategize and plan now for the body of work you want to have, right? That is an interesting thing because if you want to have, it'd be cool to have a book, it'd be cool to have a course, it'd be cool to have a course on this, and it'd be cool to have a course on that. Oh, that'd be sweet. It'd be cool to, so I wouldn't have to, like, it'd be cool to have a video on this topic because I'm always talking about that, so I'd be able to share that every time that comes up. It'd be cool to have, like, so there's different kinds of projects, like a like an ebook or a course or a, a YouTube video or a TEDx talk or a, whatever, right? Some of these are, you have more agency and control over than others i don't know when ted is going to call me and be like hey ted what's going on it's been a while he's be like chase we gotta get you on that stage man oh sweet i don't know i like i don't know when he's gonna do that right <laughs> i don't know when oh, that's Theodore. gonna i don't i don't have control over that i don't have agency over that right that's one of the things that we've we've been talking about throughout this is that you do have control over certain things. And there's other things you don't have control over. Getting on Oprah would change the the course of your business for a solid few months, right? 
but you do not have control over getting on Oprah, right? You do not have control. Like, of course, it'd be so great to be featured on all this thing. And you could throw your hands up and be like, all these other people are getting like all this exposure from like all these um pro- all these projects and business out there, all these YouTube channels, but they never pick me. And then you just go into that victim mode. And guess what gets created in victim mode? Nothing but like victimization, like nothing that you can actually sell, just outrage. Right. But you are making the decision to actually create, to actually engage, to when you make mistakes, when you fail, to brush your knees off, try again, because you're not alone. You're, you're part of a crew of people across the globe who are all doing the same thing to to better themselves, to be contributing, you know, elements in the world, to not be a constant drain on on the people in your life. Right. Uh, to to buoy up. The, the things going on around us. I was supposed to stop this a long time ago, but I just get excited talking to you guys about when you're in a mode as an entrepreneur where you can strap in every morning and you do whatever you want to do and, and the results of that work well and you're glad about it, you feel, you feel the possibility in your business, you feel like you're not trapped by it, you feel uh, energy in the network that you're that you're creating the friendships, the the relationships with cl- customers and potential customers, the the success that your customers are having because of the work you're doing with them, right? This is a good place to be. It's a good place to be for a really long time, right? That's where mm-hmm. this growth stage is is all about. That that's why Aiden's talking about the flywheel, the the engine of growth, this consistent engine of growth. That is, the, that is a, a metaphor for what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And what does it need? It needs energy. It needs your energy. It needs your optimism, your vitality, your enthusiasm. It also means when you're sad, you're not going to be able to just like do everything that you did last week when you're happy. Right. It's just it's like there's an energy that, that it needs from you. And just notice how you wish it was always the same every day. And sometimes it's just not. We're just really, really, we have a lot of wetware, right? In our system, mm-hmm. in our bodies, there's just a lot of wetware. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of story. There might be a lot of trauma for you. There, there. I mean, to go from living inside of this warm belly where everything's just delivered to you through a tube and yeah, it gets kind of cramped and tight and whatever, but ultimately you don't have to do or think about anything. You're just like, you're literally in love <laughs> if, it, if it's going well for you. And then to go through birth, how freaking traumatic is that <laughs> do you know what i mean for a these bit. for these babies it's just like oh my god and if you were born like facing the wrong direction and got stuck in there and it was like we well, should we go to the c-section you know not only is going to be tra- this is like the birth that's my wife works in birth all the time i love birth i love i was at all my kids labors i hated birth i love it now i mean i don't i, I also am not there all the time but uh all this is a simple metaphor for the fact that, listen, man, we've all gone through some crazy stuff. And some people have had wild births that you would never even believe. And they don't remember it at all. But it's still in there somewhere. That stuff kind of comes up in entrepreneurship, I guess, is what I'm saying. 
I missed you, buddy. <laughs> Apologize for sometimes the ramble just rambles. Never. <laughs> Never apologize. Thank you for listening to The Fizzle Show. I hope we get you some, some inspiration, some juices flowing, and some hardcore kind of just like grounding and, and like uh, scaffolding, understanding around what it's like to build a business. Because, man, it's so much excitement, energy, and enthusiasm coming up with the idea and coming up with the name and designing the website and thinking about the product and then then when the rubber hits the road it's like you're making the product and it's taking longer than you thought and it's like oh shit oh god okay and then it's like I'm losing some motivation for this but I really gotta keep going I should probably hire a coach and you should by the way you should probably hire a coach if you can afford it just hire a dang coach to keep you you can go to workwithchase.com if you ever want to. But, like, I'm not a very good coach. I'm mostly just, like, a big, big picture thing. But, man, do I ever need a coach to keep me just just moving forward one step at a time? It's ridiculous. Clearly, I'm not done talking yet, Aiden. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be done talking now. I thank you guys for listening, all y'all out there, wherever you are, running, driving, walking, uh listening to it when you should be paying attention to some lecture series at a a college or some meeting that your boss if someone right now is listening during a meeting at work i would love to know they're listening to this in one of their earbuds for uh for, for their side business while they're working at the office fascinating love it independence is a uh it is a it is like a romance it is like a relationship it just takes a lot of it, it, there's a lot of elements. There's a lot of elements. So we wish you well. Growth is just one of them. Again, check out Fizzle, fizzle.co slash try five, five weeks free. Find care, take care, serve hard and dig in, y'all. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show. <laughs>